We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, the Denver Broncos uh, bit the bullet, as it were. We expected this to happen, but they made their big decision on Jerry Judy. Break it down. Yeah, they're picking up Jerry Judy's fifth-year option. I thought this was a bit of a no-brainer, Chad. I'm surprised they took it down to the wire like they did, but maybe they were fielding legitimate phone calls during the draft and they still couldn't find any takers. Regardless, Jerry Judy is locked in for the 2024 season. He will make a fully guaranteed. It's a little north of $12 million, I believe. So that's a very reasonable price for a player of Jerry Judy's caliber. You're talking about someone like Christian Kirk, for example, in Jacksonville. He's making $15 million in base salary this season. So 13 for Jerry Judy, who we feel his best is still yet to come, I think was, a again, a no-brainer move for the Broncos. And he will enter the year as the wide receiver one in Sean Payton's offense. Uh, am I coming through okay right now? Sorry. <laughs> one, one time. Okay. Uh, just testing. I'm, I'm, I changed my setup because I was having some problems with lighting and I thought I was good to go. And then right when we were about to uh, go live here tonight, wasn't turned out. It wasn't good to go, but, uh, Zach, this was matter of course. Now I want to throw something at you on the, uh, Jerry, Jerry Judy topic because, and it's kind of the nature of, I guess the NFL, but a year ago, what were we saying about Jerry Judy? I'll paraphrase, dude. We were highly skeptical that this dude was going to uh, cash in on his first round pedigree after a really impressive or a modestly impressive rookie campaign, 900 something yards or whatever. His second year, he ends up kind of falling behind, gets hurt, misses a lot of time, fails to even score a single touchdown, if everybody can remember. And so when Russell Wilson showed up here, Zach, we were acting as if, you know, hey, it's going to be okay. Because he's got Cortland Sutton. And, you know, hey, if Jerry Judy can ever come along, then great. I only say this because by exercising the fifth-year option, that doesn't affect things this year. That just means uh, next year he's going to be around. He's under contract. But it increases his nut significantly. He's going to be making more money in that fifth year. And really, it's based off of what, Zach? It's not just the first-round pick. I'm, I'm being a little bit devil's advocate here, okay? But it's not just first-round pick. All right. Oh, you know, you're, you're, you want to uh, always bring back your, your first rounders if, if they're justified for a fifth, uh, fifth year option. But also the idea, Zach, that um, what if last year was flashy in the panty? Does that concern you at all? I guess is my point. There's always that concern with any player, but especially with Jerry Judy, who's shown some uh, character issues, drop issues, injury concerns. I mean, there are a few red flags attached to his resume, but I guess I'm leading with my heart here and not my brain when I evaluate his tape and what he can bring to the Broncos. I mean, in his career so far, as as brief as it's been, he hasn't had elite-level quarterback play. He certainly had, hasn't had elite-level offensive coaching, and he's getting better coaching this season. He should be getting better quarterback play. And I'm basing it off of what we saw in the glimpses of the positive from last year. As bad as it was, there were positive glimpses. And Jerry Judy, end of the year, I think with six touchdowns, 
uh, in the last however many games. I mean, he went on a tear. 67 catches, 972 yards, six touchdowns. He averaged 14.5 yards per catch, and he was getting better as the season was going on. So it's one of those things where you're not exactly paying him for his current production, but you're paying him on what he could produce in the future. And what he could produce is like a first-round receiver, like a C.D. Lamb, like a Justin Jefferson, players from the same draft class. That could be Jerry Judy as well. Guys, we're... uh, Scott's telling me I'm, I'm my mic sounds weird. I'm going to sign off for a second. I'll be back in two minutes. Zach's going to go through uh, and say hello to a few people who jumped in early with Super Chats. By the way, if I don't get a chance, love you guys. Thank you very much. I'll be back, though, in just a minute, uh, and we'll carry on our conversation for tonight. We got DVN or DVN DVA hopping in. Dylan Von Arks saying, Sup, Broncos country. Make sure you hit that like button on the way in. Share on all platforms and sub if you haven't already. Appreciate you, Dylan. As always, I want to tackle this, Scott, because we, he's been waiting and it's very generous. If I can click on it, my mouse not working. Erwin Serrano, $49.99 super coming in pink. Appreciate you so much, Erwin. Thank you for that amount of generosity. He says, uh, good evening, guys. Glad we made this move. He greatly improved uh, improved at the end of the season. Hopefully, with a better coach we have now, he can fulfill his true potential this year. Excited. Go Broncos. Erwin, thank you so much again. And it's exactly how I feel about Jerry Judy. I mean, the sky is – I don't want to sound too cliche, but with someone who hasn't even scratched – the surface of his ceiling, the sky really is the limit in a Sean Payton offense. Even if they go run first or run majority, I still feel like Judy has enough natural talent, uh, route running ability, separation skills where he can be a pro bowler. And I think he will be a pro bowler this coming season and will definitely justify that fifth year option. I'm very, very high on Jerry Judy, and I think he'll be here hopefully uh, for the long term. Uh, Sam, sorry, Scott, that again. Sam Bam, $10 super. As always, thank you so much, Sam. He says, evening, Chad and Zach. Glad the draft is over and glad they kept Court and Judy. Now looking forward to OTAs and the schedule coming out. Yeah, the schedule is coming out next Thursday, I want to say, so we'll know who the Broncos, you know, the order of their opponents, how many primetime games they have. There's rumors that they could open up against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets or maybe against Mahomes in Kansas City. So we'll have a whole show covering that. Um Cortland and Jerry Judy, I think it. I agree with the move, and I think it was the right move to keep all the receivers together. But Chad was touching on it a, a few minutes ago. I wonder what's really in the cards for the Broncos at wide receiver. We can't see the future, and we think they're all going to be together for this season, one last dance, so to speak. But beyond that, can they really afford to keep everyone? They're going to pay Judy a guaranteed $13 million next year if they don't work out a long-term uh, contract. They have Cortland Sutton making, what is it, 16 or 18 a year. Tim Patrick making a few million dollars less than that. Now Marvin Mims enters the equation as a second-round pick. I feel like they can't keep everyone, and by committing to Judy today and by dangling Sutton on the trade block for probably a second- or third-round pick, it doesn't spell great news for him. Sutton is the one player on offense, not named Russell Wilson, that I think needs to take a huge step forward to justify his spot on the roster in 2024. So hopefully it's a good problem to have and the Broncos uh, can uh, excel with all the receivers. I want to hit this. Chris Chances coming in. Chad, Zach, Scott, still the best in the business. You are still the best, Chris. Thank you so much. Hope you're having a good Monday evening and we appreciate you joining us. Scipio. Amarius, 1999 Super, sounds like a fairly new name. We got Chad back on the stream as well. Fairly new name here, Scipio, so welcome. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, He says, it's great to keep Judy and add to the wide receiver room so that we can see how explosive this offense can be. Love all the MHH content. Buck them. Chad, you good? Yeah, there's there's a town near where I grew up spelled that same way, except it's pronounced Scipio for what it's worth. Appreciate you being with us. Sorry for the technical hiccups tonight. Am I sounding okay? Do I sound okay, Scott? All right, all right. Um, Got to listen to the to the producer. But uh, yeah, dude, Jerry Judy. It's cool. The the uh, Mile High Dutchie Albert Knopper saying, "Do you think with adding those tight ends, Dulcich role might be more of a wide receiver? He's played that before in college. Yeah, he kind of is a uh, converted wideout in his um, 
on his NFL or his football resume, but I think that's how he's viewed. I think it's quite clear, Zach, that Sean Payton arrived here and said, um, yeah, Dulcich can't – nowhere near what we're going to need to do what I want to do here offensively. Albert Okawebunam, that ship already sailed. He's going into his fourth year. We need some blocking upgrades. But the, the good news, though, I think, Zach, is even though it's more of a tell, right, when, when Dulcich is on the field or Albert O, they're going to be using a lot of tw- two tight end sets, right, mm-hmm. a lot of 12 personnel type of looks. And so you can make some hay with that, especially if you're able to get your ground game going. And as long as one of those tight ends knows what he's doing at the point of attack, you're going to be okay. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was pretty telling when uh, Sean Payton was asked about Dulcich and he said the offensive film last year was hard to watch. He didn't even address Dulcich, you know, directly. He just said the offense last year was an abject failure. And that's why he went out, Chad, and signed Chris Manhurts. That's why he went out and traded for Adam Troutman, who will probably be the week one starter. We're high on Dulcich, but I don't think in a Sean Payton system, he's a three down guy. He's a weapon and a move tight end and not the inline guy that Payton likes. Dave from Georgia, one of our favorite humans to that's walking the earth right now. It's great to see you, brother. Longtime Super Chat superstar saying, I'm content with our draft picks, but I was really hoping we'd use one of our third rounders on Darnell Washington. Glad I could make it tonight. Hashtag Broncos country. Hashtag Buckham. We're glad that you could as well, my friend. Yeah, I mean, not everyone, Zach, was perfectly stoked on uh, how the, the draft shook out for the Broncos. As we talked about last night, you know, we got, what is it now? Sunday night, Monday night, couple of diff- couple of nights to sleep on the full class as it is. And I still feel, Zach, the same as I felt last night. I'm around a B. Again, the only, the only nits I'll pick is I wish they could have gotten a tackle somewhere along the way. But we don't know how those boards were, how the board was falling for them, exactly. honestly. So it's easy for us to criticize, but they're not going to reach. Like if, if guys they had graded, for example, you know, if they're sitting here in the sixth round and they have a chance to take a tackle who and the only guys that are available, Zach, are guys that they have as college free agent grades. Are you going to blame them for not taking a tackle, et cetera? So we don't know all the circumstances, but that to me is the only thing that really holds this class back from being like about as good as I could have expected or hoped. And uh, Darnell went to the Steelers, which is such a Steelers pick for them. So uh, hopefully he does well there. But the Broncos just went in a different direction. And Sean Payton wanted one of his guys, literally. That's why he traded for Adam Troutman, who he feels comfortable with. And it kind of continues the theme of the offseason, doesn't it, Chad? Sean Payton reuniting with former coaches, uh, former players. They signed Marquez Callaway at wide receiver, a forgotten name in that wide receiver room as well. And now they have Troutman. So uh, whatever in Sean we trust. That's how I feel. Indeed. Uh, D, D Mac, thank you very much. Appreciate the stars, the support. It's great to see you on Facebook. Welcome. Uh, stick with us. Drake saying, do you think, and thank you, by the way, Drake, for the super chat. Do you think Marvin Mims, the draft selection, could potentially be Sutton's last chance? Feels like the Broncos are pushing him with that pick. I think that pick, Zach, pushes everyone a little bit. Um maybe with the exception of Jerry Judy, who just got kind of shown some love with the with the fifth-year option. But, um, look, they're two different receivers. Uh, Sutton is going to be more of your prototypical X guy. We used to – what we loved about Cortland Sutton was his, his uh, go-up-and-get-it tenacity and 
you know, guy that would take a 50-50 ball, turn it into a freaking 60-40, or even at times, Zach, we call them 80-20s, right? I mean, that's how tenacious and could not be stopped Cortland Sutton was, but since his injury, that aspect of his game has been greatly diminished for whatever reason, all right? And so now all you've got is that big, his size, and he hasn't really used it all that well for the Broncos over the past two seasons, so... He's, he's kind of a, a shell of the player he was at the peak, right, when he's going to a Pro Bowl in 2019, but he's still a very different player. I mean, this dude, Cortland Sutton right now, I'd be stunned, Zach, if he could run 4-5, 4-6. Meanwhile, Marvin, you know, he's running 4-3-8, I think, is off the top of my head, if I recall, from his uh, 40 time. Yeah, I, the comment that Scott pulled up from Harold Jean uh, pretty much is a, a true one-to-one when you're talking about Mims and the incumbent Broncos receiver group. I believe Mims was drafted to replace Hamler, not necessarily Sutton, but the point I made earlier, Chad, when you were gone was I, I don't know how you feel good if you're Cortland Sutton. The Broncos put you on the trade block. They were willing to move off you for a day-two pick, and now they drafted a receiver – in my mind, they're keeping them all together, which is the right move for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in year one. But between Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, you have two of the same player. Whoever performs better this season, I think, is the one that's going to stick around. And if Cortland doesn't go back to being pre-injury Cortland Sutton, I can see the Broncos definitely moving on for even a D3 pick. I said I'm pulling up his contract. Before I get into that, though, Brent, whoa, newer name. On the Super Chats. Wow. At least for our show. Very generous of you, my dog. Thank you. Appreciate you. Much love and respect. He says, thank you, Chad and Zach, for putting together such a great staff. Draft coverage was awesome. MHH rocks. Well, honestly, guys, that's about the most credit that can be taken, at least from this show, for what we do in the draft is we went out and found the right guys. Otherwise, they did all the the heavy lifting on that. And again, like I talked about last night, and I appreciate the kind words, Brent, but uh, it's not just the 12 plus hours they spent on camera, right? And on microphone broadcasting, live streaming, but countless hours, I mean, sickening number of hours spent studying these prospects, getting familiar with just about every name that heard their their name called on draft day, Zach. These guys, they knew a little something, something about them. So we're right there with you. We're just as appreciative of those guys as you believe that. So thank you, Brent. And we're definitely appreciative of you, Brent. Thank you so much. And uh, Chad's right. The uh, the draft guys we have make it super easy. Scott makes it super easy for us as well. And um, we're happy that you're enjoying. Stay tuned for more because I we know that Eric and Nick and Lance and everyone, they're already working on the 2024 class. So we are getting some uh, uh, confirmation that it's Scipio, all right? Amaryllis, the L's are pronounced in his name. Very good to know. Very interesting. You know, my bet is... The town I the the uh, you know that that little town near where I grew up, probably a bunch of uh, Hicks probably named it that and called it Scipio, but maybe it should have been Scipio. I don't know, because um, that's really uh, that's a cool name. Dirt Boy, thank you, appreciate this super chat, Zach. We're seeing a bunch of newer names tonight. This is rad. JJ, he says, is an elite route runner, always open. There is no doubt about that, my dog. I mean, that's the one thing he brings to the table, but people forget too, Zach, just how fast he is. And if you can get him the ball with a step in front of somebody, he's surprisingly good, like sneaky good, doesn't get talked about that much uh, with the ball in his hands. So, yes, and then we'll grab Trini. And my apologies to Skippy, whose name, first and last name, I uh, mispronounced. Definitely appreciate having you here. Uh, yeah, Jerry Judy's like 7-Eleven, man, always open. And that's the beauty of having him. And that's why I didn't want the Broncos to move off, because you don't have a receiver on the roster, even with Marvin Mims now, that can do everything Jerry Judy does. So wide receiver one, I think the breakout is still coming. He's in a build on what he did last year. And he could be a 1,200-yard guy, 10-touchdown guy in a Sean Payton offense. Trini, great to see you. Appreciate the super chat. He says, what's up, guys? Sorry it's been a while. Glad I finally caught the show today. Do you guys think Russ will have to also compete in training camp to solidify his starting position? Mm-hmm. I want to answer that. Scott, if you wouldn't mind, uh, would you pull up Cortland Sutton's contract for me, pretty please? But first, Trini's topic. Zach, there's a difference, and I think this needs to be understood. There's a difference between openly competing for a job and justifying the job. Russell Wilson, even uh, coming off such a down year where he became essentially a a national lampoon, 
He's not quite to a point where he has to sing for his supper, literally. Doesn't mean he doesn't have to justify his his position as QB1. He will. But this is not him, Zach, being in a, you know, pitted in an open competition with uh, the new guy, Jarrett Stidham. When you're making 40, however many million dollars it is on a $247 million contract, you are the starter. And your position is not going to be infringed on by the likes of Jarrett Stidham or Jarek Warantano. He is locked in as a starter, and I feel like, Chad, for the most part, he's on kind of a one-year audition with Sean Payton, who has no previous investment or loyalty or commitment to Russell Wilson if Russ doesn't perform, and he has zero excuses not to now. I mean, zero. I can definitely see Sean trying to uh, start the divorce proceedings. It wouldn't shock me, but I just don't think that's what precipitated the move to get Jarrett Stidham. Let's put a pin in that for a second here. You know, we talk about George Payton, of course, Zach, very dismissive about the notion that the Marvin Mims pick, and not just the pick, right? They traded up to get him in the second round. Very dismissive of the notion that that is in any way preemptive of something coming down the pike with some of the veterans already on the roster or that, you know, what does it mean for this player? What does it mean for that? However, every pick has implications on the players in that position room to which he gets drafted. And in the case of Cortland Sutton, he got that extension halfway through 2020, I want to say. Right, Zach? If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, he came – or no, no, no. No, 2021. 2021. Because he got hurt in 20, came back, got the contract extension. So he's under contract this year with a base salary of $14 million. So this is where it really starts to uh, – the money he got, uh, this is where it really starts to hit the salary cap. Fourteen million this year. Uh, next year, thirteen million. Twenty twenty five is his contract year. And look at the dead cap. All right, as Scott is trying to draw our attention to, uh, pretty disincentivizing. Twenty twenty four becomes a little bit more. You could live with it. Twenty twenty five, obviously. So, barring a trade, in other words, Sutton's here for twenty twenty three. Zach, twenty twenty four. You know, again, it becomes a little bit more you can live with it, but uh, that's what you're dealing with for with Cortland Sutton's deal. Yeah, it's, if they're going to move off him, it would be uh, a mostly financial move. He hasn't lived up to the contract, and if you take another receiver that high, it's not a great message you're sending to the incumbent. I'm looking at over the cap, and if you trade Cortland Sutton pre-June 1st for next year, not for this year, you can get $9.675 million in cap savings and only swallow $7.65 in dead money, which you can spread over uh, multiple years. That's a lot of cash you can clear by trading a receiver you might not need. You could put that toward two and three other players if you need to. So I, I, I really do think it's going to come down for the long term beyond this season to either Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton. I don't think Sean Payton needs both. Well said. Sam Bam, in the house. Love you, big dog. Thank you. Says, with the signing of Kyle Fuller, right, this was a guy who started some games in that final year that Russ was in Seattle at center. Broncos signed him. So with the signing of Fuller and drafting of Forsythe, the seventh-round pick, does that mean, Zach, Lloyd Cushenberry will uh, even have a chance at the 53-man roster? Uh... Well, go ahead, Zach. I'll let you I'll let you tackle this one. <laughs> I don't know that Kyle Fuller, who's probably on a one-year vet minimum deal, is even assured of making it to training camp or through the preseason. Forsyth was a seventh-round pick. He might be a practice squad guy. There's no guarantee he's on the 53. Cushenberry, say what you want about him. He lacks strength. He lacks functionality in a Sean Payton scheme, but he has three years of starting experience that you can count on. He's pretty dependable, uh, not injury prone. I do think he's going to be the break glass in case of emergency guy for Payton. He'll be kept around Cushenberry either as the direct backup or as the temporary starter until one of Fuller or Forsyth or Luke Wattenberg steps up. But, and no offense, Sam, because you know we love you, dude. You're one of the family. Lloyd Cushenberry barring like just something completely unforeseen of course he's making the roster he's their center one right now um but it is interesting zach if my browser doesn't uh if my browser will play ball i want to read to you what uh dame brugler of the athletic who as nick and uh scott talked about on broncos for breakfast this morning they went through the rankings thing but what he said 
on the topic, Brugler, of the Broncos' seventh, uh, seventh round pick. I'm sorry if this is freezing me up. I maybe shouldn't have done this, but uh, is worth worth notating, okay? So here's what he said, quote, this is a day three pick who could surprise Alex Forsyth, center Oregon, quote, graded as the top senior center in the class by some scouts, Forsyth had bad injury luck throughout the draft process, which allowed Denver to nab him in the final round. Though not overpowering, he is technically sound, plays with the grit required at the pro level. Now that's something that we got to, question a little bit with Lloyd is does he have the grit requisite for the pro level but he goes on to say the long-term outlook at center for the Broncos is far from settled so Forsyth has a legitimate chance to move his way up the depth chart close quote so you know he's better than the seventh round pedigree would lead you to believe how much he could factor in honestly though Zach into the starting competition this summer remains to be seen but I think it's pretty Pretty safe bet to assume Lloyd Cushenberry is your starting center, at least to open the year. And you can't have pro bowlers and all pros everywhere. If Cushenberry is your weakest link on offense, then so be it. I have faith with the additions of Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, the Broncos, and the fullback they signed, Michael Burton. They're going to run the hell out of the football. I'm not worried too much about run blocking. To me, the center competition comes down to, in pass pro, is Russell Wilson getting driven down into the ground is the center getting driven back into Russell Wilson's lap whoever does not allow that to happen should be the week one starter I want to get this one at some point before tonight's show so I'm going to start it I got to think about this orange Bucky I'll, I'll give you an answer before tonight's stream is over but he wants to know hey what punk rock song will describe this year's draft pick I'll uh I'll, I'll ponder that and give you a good answer by the time we're uh we're out of here tonight um Zach did you see what Scott, if you could do this for me, could you pull up the Adam Troutman article at MHH as written by Keith Cummings? There's one of there's a couple quotes in that article I want to read verbatim, but uh, he, of course, Troutman, the new tight end, the Broncos acquired veteran over the draft weekend, in case you missed it from the Saints. He was he claims he was the uh, what was the word he used? He was the initiator initiated getting out of New Orleans. He wanted out of there. And obviously to be able to reunite with Sean Payton, Zach was, um, you know, prime for him to, to, to come back together. But what did you make of that? And I'll, I'll find the quote here that Scott has ready for us. He didn't want to play with Derek Carr. That's the takeaway I get. No, I'm just playing. He wasn't going to get playing time in New Orleans. They are a rebuilding franchise. They're still going to be a run first team, I feel like. So it's not surprising he'd want to reunite with an offensive genius like Sean Payton and smartly come to a team where he knows he's pretty much guaranteed playing time, if not an outright starting role. Who does he really have to beat out? We talked about Dulcich and Alberto. I mean, they were not given votes of confidence by Sean Payton and, uh, you know, man hurts as a blocking tight end only. So I, I like the fact that the Broncos are attracting players and more so that Sean Payton, the effect is real, bringing all this talent over and importing from New Orleans. So here's one of the quotes I wanted to get to on the topic of, you know, landing. Was he okay with the premise of being traded? Quote, absolutely. Again, this is Troutman talking to uh, Mike Kliss, Nine News. Quote, absolutely. I was actually hoping to get moved. This was initiated when he says this, Zach, I can only assume trade with Denver, not just trade. This is perhaps jumping to a conclusion here. But when he says this was initiated by me personally, I don't think he just means being traded generally. But he goes, so this was initiated by me personally. I've been waiting for a little bit for something to materialize. And it just happened to be the Broncos, obviously. And then, Scott, there's one where he's talking about his role. Uh, yeah, one more down. Here we go. So then he's talking about how uh, – one more, yeah. Uh, it, you know, he felt, quote, I felt like this is, of course, him talking about in New Orleans. Quote, I feel like I was placed somewhat in a box. They put a limit on what I could contribute, and I felt like I could contribute a lot more. I was primarily used as a blocker. I thought I could do more, and I didn't want to get to the end of my career and think I could have done it, caught the ball a little more. Whatever the case was, the team I was playing for just didn't let me do it. I want a chance to prove I can do it because I believe I can and I have in the past. So in many ways, man, he's slamming the Saints for uh, not utilizing his services. And what does that tell you about his expectation to come with 
rejoin with Peyton Zach tells me, yeah, you're not just going to be a blocker. You will be blocking. But, yeah, of course, we're going to feed you some targets, my dog. I mean, if I'm a fringe NFL player and I'm trying to leave my current locale, if Sean Payton is coaching somewhere else and Sean Payton kind of brought me up, I want to be with Sean Payton. And I pulled up Troutman's numbers. In 2021, he had more targets, 43, than Albert O, for example, has ever had in his career, any of his three seasons. So regardless of who you are, whether you're a big name like an Alvin Kamara or whether you're an Adam Troutman, Sean Payton finds a way to utilize you and get you the football. Who wouldn't want to play for him? Indeed. Um, indeed. Rock Chalk Broncos. Have we gotten this one? No. Okay. Great to see you again tonight, two nights in a row. We're very grateful. Very lucky to have you. Appreciate you. Wants to know, Zach, any veteran free agents you'd like to see the Broncos bring in now that the draft is in the rear view? I have a few in mind, one being Ben Jones, but I want to hear your thoughts. Thanks, guys. MHH for Life and Bronx for Life. <laughs> On this topic, Zach, Latavius Murray is off the board, signed by the Bills. So, uh, And this is a, a nice piece that Bob Morris wrote up, I believe it was yesterday, at milehighhuddle.com. A few targets that were still out there at positions of need that the draft didn't quite solve. But any names that jump to mind for you? Um, the I was going to say they need a corner, like a veteran cornerback. I know Ronald Darby, who the Broncos cut, is still out there. Marcus Peters is still out there. A couple other names as well. They need some D-line depth after largely ignoring that in the draft as well, Chad. I don't know the top of my head the names that are still available, but I think those two positions they could use another uh, body. At. And, and so – running back as well. I thought DeAndre Swift could have been had for a freaking steal, and sure enough, he went to Philadelphia for a 2024 fifth, I think. Maybe Dalvin Cook reunites with George Payton. He wants out of Minnesota, so we'll see. So just a few names to give Bob his uh, his props that he connected as, as names to know, at running back anyway, Zach. Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt. Yes. Latavius Murray, but this was written before he signed with the Bills. Mark Ingram, we obviously know the connection there with Sean Payton. Uh, Daryl Henderson, Kenyon Drake, Jarek McKinnon, and uh, Philip Lindsay. Though I added that editorial for what it's worth. I put that in there only because of the news cycle of us knowing that Philip, uh, his camp has been talking with the Broncos. So that's at running back. Now hold on, two more positions, swing tackle. And this is one that really has me feeling uh, some misgivings right now is, look, your starting tackle duo is impressive. It's pretty sweet. Garrett Bowles, Mike McGlinchey, that's pretty dope, all right? But, God forbid, knocking on the wood as I say this, something happens to one of those guys, who's the next man into the breach, right? Well, right now, we're talking the likes of, I mean, he listed some for us. I mean, some of these guys, I got to even remind myself they're on the roster. Isaiah Prince, I think, is one. Isaiah Prince, uh, Quinn Bailey, right? Christian Delario. So who's out there? Of course, Cam Fleming, Mr. Uh, Unsung himself, George Fant, right? Some Seattle uh, backstory there with Russ. Brandon Shell also. Uh, Greg Little, Zach, Dan Skipper, Isaiah Wynn. And then one last position, safety, which I'm not sure I'm, I concur with, Bob, as that being that big of an issue for Denver right now. But in that, uh, just to round this out, he's got Adrian Amos, Rodney McLeod, LaMarcus Joyner, Duran uh, Harmon, and Andrew Adams, for what it's worth. Well, we're talking about swing tackles as well. Billy Turner uh, signed with the Jets, so he's off uh, He's off With the, his uh, best table. friend. Yeah, back to uh, with uh, Hackett and uh, oh, Butch Berry's in Miami. Uh, about running back, all those players that you mentioned are washed with the exception of Kareem Hunt. And even then, I read that the Browns were concerned that Hunt's starting to fall off in however old he is now, 27, 28, 29, whatever he is. But when healthy and when capable, he's a three-down running back who I really enjoyed watching play for the Browns. And in a Sean Payton offense, as a pass catcher, even as a change of pace guy, he would be pretty lethal. Bucky, I'm still marinating. I will. That's not bad, dude. Bad Brain's attitude to put a uh, song to, to describe this class. I like it. Um, did we get Phil yet, Scott, at 643? Probably not because we've been talking. Let's grab the man down in Tucson that proves every single day, Broncos country, not a geographic location, it's a state of being. Love you, big dog. He says, uh, really happy that Latavius Murray got a job. 
also wondering what you think about picking up Orlando Brown. Hashtag Buckham, MHH for life. What say you, Zach? Um, the Orlando Brown from Kansas City? The same Orlando Brown. That would be my assumption. I mean, is there another one? Unless we're going back to like May, March 5th before free agency. I don't see this as uh, all that feasible for the Broncos. They invested a bag into Mike McGlinchey. They have Garrett Bowles, a left tackle. Brown, that ship has long sailed. Yes. George, appreciate you. Good to see you. Thanks to the entire crew at MHH for great coverage of the draft. We had the best team on the job. Denver for life. MHH for life. Hit the thumbs up. Very kind of you to say. Really appreciate that, George. I know the, the draft dudes do as well. Uh, and, you know, the coverage continues, right? Because those guys will be doing their podcasts. I mean, Nick and Scott, they talked this morning on their show. Um, and then the content will be continuing to be cranked out, breaking down these prospects so that you as fans can know exactly who these cats are. Uh, GLP, the swashbuckler himself. Love you, big dog. Very generous saying uh, Chad, Zach, and Scott killing it. MHH for life. Buck them with a B, YouTube. Yes, indeed. Love that. Uh, appreciate you, Gary. Um, okay, where are we at? We're at 34 minutes tonight, guys. Un- unfortunately, I'm sorry to uh, throw that technical issue at you to open the show. I thought I had it solved. But I do have to keep it a little bit tight tonight. And by the time we end up signing off, we'll be right at about top of the hour. So we're getting close to it. Any burning topics, get it in the chat, uh, and we'll do our best to get to it this evening. But, Zach, can I read you one other thing that uh, – uh, Dame Brugler of The Athletic had to say about this class. And by the way, as I'm sure if you guys listened to Broncos for Breakfast this morning, you know, you know this stuff. Um, Brugler ranking the Broncos draft hall 26th in the NFL. He didn't really explain why. It's just a ranking and then a couple of like, you know, anecdotes. So we don't really know the full uh, reason behind that. But Zach, I wanted to, uh, there's a something he had to say about Drew Sanders, who the Broncos landed, of course, in the third round. And I thought this was very interesting because a lot of people, you know, we've heard some of the, oh, he was a first-round caliber guy, might have could gone in the first, second at worst, ends up going in the third. Well, Dane Brugler, this is what he wrote. His favorite pick of the Broncos class was, in fact, Drew Sanders. Here's why. Quote, my top-ranked linebacker, Sanders has intriguing versatility as a do-everything front seven defender. Long, lean, and fast. He has instincts and range, although he must become a better take-on player and clean up the almost plays on his tape. Nevertheless, landing him where the Broncos did, a 68 overall, is an absolute steal. Zach, the best linebacker in the class? And this is not just some chump, right? This is Dane Brugler. This is a guy who all the draft Knicks, like if you talk to Nick, you talk to Eric, uh, maybe I won't say they, they they bow down, but they look to this guy as a very, 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 very credible voice in the draft media sphere. Him saying the Broncos landed Zach, the best linebacker in this class in the third round, that's got to that's got to be comforting to fans. I, I do think the Broncos got really good value in Sanders, who has that see ball get ball mentality. The comment that we got yesterday comparing him to Logan Wilson, I think is definitely spot on. If he can be anywhere near Logan Wilson, the Broncos uh, definitely, definitely got to steal in the third round. The things that you name though, like the missed tackles, the, the rough around the edges parts to Sanders game that could be cleaned up and that will be cleaned up with good coaching. And don't forget the Broncos hired Michael Wilhoyt as one of the new linebacker coaches. And I think he can take him on right away. Drew Sanders will go from being kind of a, you know, a lukewarm pick among Broncos fans to being someone who could be a fan favorite by the end of the year. Well said. Um, okay, let me check the chat here. We'll get GLP back in. All right, we draft the gun. Da, da, da. All right, let's grab this from Howie Frickin' Day. Love you, big dog. We we have to get your jersey, by the way, thing figured out. Sorry, guys, I got to do this real quick because um, this is my – opportunity to talk directly to Howie your Demarius Thomas jersey we either have to find a different provider because there's none available through the reputable outlets right now or you got to pick another one pick a different jersey so please do this Howie reply to my uh, email and if not just send me a new email you have our my address now and go to the Denver Broncos team store on their website denverbroncos.com click on shop 
find one that you know is in stock that is available to us and we will get that coming to you my friend all right we want to get that solved for you howie hey fellas so are we sticking with mcmoney this year zach the kicker brandon mcmanus does it seem to you that that's a plan a at kicker for the broncos yeah, um, but someone that they can move off if they find another kicker who's younger, cheaper, maybe a little more reliable and less mouthy than Brandon McManus being a kicker. I could have sworn, Chad, that the Broncos signed a kicker as a UDFA or at least brought one in for a rookie minicamp next week, extended a tryout. I can't seem to verify that on Twitter, but I think it's uh, fait accompli. They will be working out someone new. They're bringing in a new long snapper, a new punter for tryouts. They have a new coordinator in Mike Westoff and uh, Ben Kotwika. You know, Brandon McManus is old guard to Sean Payton. He's an SB50 relic. He hasn't been that reliable, and I don't think – justifiable to pay him the money that they're paying him. So it's only a matter of time before Sean Payton gets his guy. Yeah, but I really wish they would have gone to greater lengths to try and provide some competition. Um, I don't know, man. I just, outside of 2015, I just have never been all that impressed with the guy for whatever it's worth. Um, shout out to Coop in the house, Michaela Israel. And uh, her boy, Cooper, watching live, throwing down a $2 super chat. This is Cooper, says, and you guys rock. Not as much as you. Not as much as you, big dog. It's great to see you. Be a good boy for your mom. All right. Uh, Dave from Georgia, number two tonight. All the draft content was top notch. You guys rule. Football priest, very appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. And I know the guys would love to hear that. So make sure, for those of you who really were stoked, on on the content and the coverage you got hey zach and i we love and appreciate the super chats we're never gonna uh, say no to that okay it's a, it helps keep our show alive keep the lights on but show them some love when they're on camera right be there for uh broncos for breakfast in the morning be there for building the broncos tomorrow night mile high insiders wednesday night dove valley deep divers friday night and uh, orange and blue view saturday night help them feel the love let them hear it from you because they'll love to hear that okay um, Chad, let me amend my previous comment real quick. Yeah. I'm not going crazy. The Broncos uh, will invite former UTSA kicker Jared Sackett, not Hackett, okay. Sackett, to the rookie minicamp. So some competition Good. is coming. I don't know Good. if that's enough to uh, overthrow McManus, but at least they're turning over some more stones. Got to be done. Has to be done. Um, McManus just... If it, if it's Zach, if it's between like twenty eight yards and twenty eight and like say forty five, he's pretty dang reliable. But oddly enough, the chip shots you got to worry a little bit about. But even though he's got that big leg, it's not that he misses from fifty some odd because he also makes a lot of them. Don't get me wrong. It's that when he does miss one of those longer kicks, Zach, it's in critical moments where you gotta have it, need to have it, and. Um, that's why it's like, you know, when you had a guy like Matt Prater in town, um, you know, you miss you miss what you had. And sometimes the grass is not greener on the other side. Scott, by the way, is informing me that that Howie uh, comment where he was asking about McMoney, big time stars. So, Howie, love you, big dog. Thank you. Don't forget, go find your jersey. Let's get that handled for you, big dog. He's also, McManus missed six extra points in the last three seasons. I'm looking at it now. He missed two last year alone. Uh, when you're being paid as a top five kicker, whatever top seven that he is, you got to be more reliable, especially when you're in the mile high altitude. It, 50 or 55 in Denver is like 45 in another city. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. He has not been McMoney since SB50. What do you think about this idea, Zach, from Todd Ostendorf? I've been saying I would like Zeke as a goal linebacker. Guy still got 12 tutties last year. Harold saying, I'd take Ezekiel Elliott one year, $3 million. You covered this guy for a while uh, in Dallas, Zach. As a, again, it's kind of the same topic when we were talking about Philip Lindsay last week. No one's saying bring in Philip Lindsay and he's your RB1. But if a guy like Philip Lindsay could be your RB3 or 4, that's, that's pretty solid. And even more so, I would say even at the version that Zeke is now, if he's your third option, you know, this is meaning like Javante's back, th that's a pretty stacked running back room. 
Yeah, Scott put in the comment here that I was going to say uh, he will not play for one year and $3 million. If he would, he'd be uh, signed by now. He wouldn't be on the open market. I feel like he's going to be one of those players that kind of just bides his time, skips training camp, skips the rigors of preseason and signs with the contender sometime during the year. I wouldn't necessarily mind it as a goal line back, but isn't that why you signed Samaj Piran? That's why you have Javante Williams. Heck, even Tony Jones is kind of a bruiser as well. I don't think the Broncos need Zeke, and uh, I don't think they'll get Zeke. Uh, Opethian, I want to grab this uh, comment and question because always active in our comment section, especially like after the live streams. I mean, in the live streams, obviously, but especially after uh, keeping the conversations going in our YouTube community. Really appreciate you. Says on the topic of Cortland Sutton here, Zach, just like Noah Fant in 2021, Sutton's effort was piss poor last year perhaps he can read the writing on the wall what do you think was it Sutton who tweeted a few months ago I just want to be where I'm wanted yep. uh, I don't know that he's reading the writing on the wall all that much or just kind of feeling sorry for his situation there was something that changed in Sutton I don't know if it's the years of bad quarterbacking play bad coaching his injury but his attitude kind of went south in the last few seasons, and you saw that on the field. Chad talked about it and went from being 80-20 to being barely 50-50. All we can do is hope that the additions they've made, Sean Payton, Marvin Mims, and uh, improve Russell Wilson can relight the fire under Sutton. Otherwise, I can see him being shipped out of town quickly. Yeah, and and it's not just with Sutton on the effort thing, and I do uh, concur on that front, Opethian. Um, And it wasn't, Zach, just like, it was two-pronged. Let me put it this way. The effort question on Cortland Sutton and where his heart lies uh, was laid bare and made evident in two different ways. One, Zach, we talked about earlier how tenacious he used to be when the ball was in the air. And it didn't matter if it was a deep shot, you know, a rainbow trying to get him the ball down the field vertically or a slant or whatever, man. No one's beating him to that ball. They didn't see that. At times, alligator arming things, especially when he was going over the middle on slants yep. and curls. Um, so effort questionable there. And then as a blocker, look, I'm not going to lie and tell you guys that I watched every single game the Broncos played last year on all 22 three times like I normally do. I watched it as much as I possibly could, but I didn't watch as much film. But every time I did watch, Zach, in blo- as a blocker at wide receiver out on the edge, when whether the ball was coming his direction or not, Highly questionable effort, highly questionable effort. So, yeah, you got to wonder. It, it does create questions, and maybe it's just a lack of motivation. Maybe it's a co- it was a coaching issue. Whatever it was, definitely not acceptable. Sean Payton will demand more from him. I think if you ask Cortland Sutton his true feelings and you sat him down and you said it was off the record, he would probably tell you that he feels sorry for himself for the bad quarterback play, the bad coaching, the injury, all these things have happened to him. And to me that, and to him that justifies giving up the effort after getting paid, especially, but here's the thing though, you know, who doesn't make these comments, who doesn't have these issues, that's Tim Patrick. And he got paid the same exact time as Cortland Sutton. They are two different players on two different spectrums. They play the same position, but one is a Sean Payton guy. And that's that's Tim Patrick, willing to do the dirty work, a good blocker, a great teammate, and the other one is allergating, allergator arming passes <laughs> out there. And that was a tough one for me on the field and kind of uh, creating waves on social media. Again, no excuses for Sutton or anybody else, but if he doesn't perform like he used to, he's out of town, man. Yep. James, in the house, good to see the predator lurking in the shadows, striking when the time is right. Appreciate you, James, saying we don't need a long-distance kicker anymore. All we're going to do is score tutties, Buckham Broncos. Hey, from your from your lips to uh, the football god's ears, um, let's hope. Let's hope. Taylor Christensen, great to see you tonight. Much love and respect, big dog. Says, hey, guys, I want I, – pardon me. Hey, guys, I think with Mims, I believe at this point, Judy and Mims are the only ones guaranteed a roster spot at wide receiver. Hope this makes Sutton work. I don't know about that, but I get what you're trying to say. Um, You know, in the spirit of Taylor making Sutton work, I think it does, you know, it's pressure on all the guys. When you add a highly drafted, Scott Scott will debate with me that second-round pick is not highly drafted, but 
neither here nor there. When you add a premium round draft pick at any position group, it does create pressure. Now, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. Zach, it's not to a point where like guys are shook or anything like that, but hey, it's a, it's a young, talented dude who's got some chops, got some speed. You know, he's got some skins on the wall himself coming in. He's got the benefit of youth and all that comes with it and the full blessing, faith, and support of this coaching staff, handpicking him. So, yeah, that puts a little pressure on everybody, um, not just Sutton. I'd say Timmy P is uh, locked into a roster spot as well. Uh, they haven't discussed him in, in trade rumors, and uh, Sean Payton is going to love coaching Tim Patrick. He's a coach's dream, especially an offensive coach's dream. And really quickly, Scott, if I can get this, uh, boss AJS says, creating waves, he had one post, Judy must creating tsunamis. That, yeah, and he did, but we called Jerry Judy out for those tsunamis, and we're not talking about Jerry Judy right now. We're talking about Cortland Sutton. Now, I don't want to get it twisted. I was, you were, all of Broncos country was extremely high on Cortland Sutton. He was a borderline top 10 guy. We thought the sky was the limit. I would like nothing more for him to go back to 2019 form. If you put on the film from, I think it was the second Chargers game that year, he had two touchdowns from Drew Locke. He is abusing corners out there. He had a long touchdown reception, and a cornerback was literally molesting him. I want that Cortland Sutton back. I don't want the alligator arming. I don't want the social media wave creating Cortland Sutton. I pray he gets back to that level because it'll benefit the Broncos. But I'm calling out Sutton on what we've seen since then, which is far from what he should be and far from what he's being paid to be. Shoot, I remember being in the stands – in that Cleveland game, his Pro Bowl year. Because one of the remarkable things, and thank you, Phil. Love you, big dog. He says, MHH rocks. Just covering for Michael. He must be working. MHH for life. Hashtag Buckham. Much love and respect, Phil. Thank you, bud. Really. Um, but I was uh, I was in the stands, Zach, for that Brandon Allen start. What did he start? Three games that 2019 season. I want to say Minnesota, Cleveland, and Buffalo. And I was at the Cleveland game. It was a home game. And uh, he had one touchdown. That might have been one of those games where he snagged two. I don't recall. But I know he scored once because he went up and over Denzel Ward, who was one year removed from being a top five pick, right? Cleveland taking him. And he was just starting to kind of sow his oats, so to speak, as a name in the league. He straight punked him, dude, on a beautiful touchdown in the south stands, right corner. Um, That's the Sutton that has been missing, though, ever since he came back from that. Uh, knee injury so yes right here thank you Kenny you're exactly what we're talking what I'm talking about so um, by the way hope you're doing well KB James if you look at Sutton's career so far I wouldn't put all the blame on him I do believe he's far better than we've seen uh, better than we see one healthy season and we'll see well yeah that's the that's one of the issues here at play Zach we've talked about it before on the podcast is when you're trying to get to the to the root issue of the Sutton question here well is it the injury? Is it a who's who of lackluster quarterbacks cycling through? The same can be said for the coaching. You know, what do you point to? The answer is it's somewhere in the middle. Every one of those has some sort of impact to a greater or lesser degree. We're never going to know what's the primary culprit if there is one. But as someone who doesn't really believe in coincidence, I believe a true coincidence uh, is the exception that proves the rule. The fact that he dropped off so dramatically after the injury. Because let's remember, he was making hay with terrible offensive coordinator. Well, rookie offensive coordinator. That, forget what I said. I'm not going to call Rich Scangarello terrible. He wasn't. He was making hay with Rich Scangarello, Zach, in 2019, a rookie offensive coordinator, catching passes from three, we can say now safely in retrospect, uh, less than ideal quarterbacks, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Drew Locke, and the dude put up 1,200-plus receiving yards. I think it was half a dozen touchdowns went to the Pro Bowl. So I'm inclined to believe that it's more about the injury than it is quarterback issues or scheme. Uh, well said. Yeah, just like everything else that went wrong last year, it's not black and white. It's not singular. There are multiple truths that you have to meet in the middle to find 
I definitely agree that quarterback play, play calling, coaching, the injury, those are all things that have worked against Cortland Sutton, but none of those explains him going out there and not giving enough effort. None of those things explains him wanting to go where he feels wanted instead of digging in with a new head coach, a year two of Russell Wilson, and trying to be a better player. Tim Patrick would never do those things, for example, and I'm kind of disappointed that Cortland Sutton did. Now, I understand to an extent why he did, and I kind of exonerate him, but there's no excuses now. The slate is wiped clean. The Broncos have put him in a position to be that 1,200-yard receiver, be that Pro Bowl wide receiver. It's up to him to go out up there and get it, literally and figuratively. I like this, and then we got to get out of here, guys. Scott saying, Sutton has played now two years since the surgery. Soon, we'll be talking about being too old if he doesn't turn the ship around. Uh, exactly. Uh, but guys, great show. We got a few messages for you before we dip out of here. Don't leave quite yet. Yeah, that excuse doesn't really fly at all. I mean, one year after the ACL operation, I can understand, but two full years now, that's not, not going to do it for me. But that was the MHH podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, be sure you're doing so at the MHH pod, uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott, our producer at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking right now, we always rock. Go to MHHmerch.com and uh, check it out when you have some free time. And also Facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on IG, follow us at mile underscore high underscore huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave your football pre-safe five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, guys, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars and supporters tonight. Howie freaking day, freaking throwing down, Phil McLaughlin, DMAC, George Fox, Lawrence Rivera on Facebook, and then on YouTube, our superstars, Irwin, very generous, top rope, Sam Bam, Chris Chances, Scipio, Dave from Georgia, Drake, Dirt Boy 6789, uh, Flat Earth Trini, great to see you tonight, bro. Uh, Brent P., also welcome, thank you. Rock Chalk Broncos, GLP, a.k.a. Gary Palmer, a.k.a. The Swashbuckler. Michaela Israel and her boy Cooper. Uh, James Richard, Richard, pardon me, it's Richard. James Richard, the Predator. Taylor Christensen, much love and respect. Um, oh, my goodness. We have a, uh, and James saying here, Sutton, 2023, 90 catches, 1,150 yards, seven tutties. Hey, we can hope, we can pray. Lady D jumping in wow. at the 11th hour as we're about to sign off. Thank you, uh, With a very generous super chat, as she is wont to do, saying, Hi, Chad, Zach, and Scott. So happy, she says, with our draft picks. Glad JJ got his option picked up. Do you think they'll bring back Philip Lindsay? Have a great evening, everyone. Hashtag MHH for life. Love you, Deanna. Let's answer this real quick, and then we'll go. Are you, do you see Lindsay coming back? No. As much as we want it to happen, as great as a story as it would be, and as good as he was for the Broncos, that ship has sailed. I think it's time to turn the page. Though I do think the Broncos will make one more move at running back. I don't know what that move will be. But going into the season right now, Tony Jones would be your number three running back. They got to do a little better with Javante still on the shelf. He'd be number two right now behind Samaj P. Ryan. And behind him are like Tyler Batty and McAllister and Demarie Crockett. So I don't know what they're going to do at running back, but I can safely say I don't believe that Lindsay will come back. But thank you again, Deanna. I'd like to see it, but it's not going to happen, at least in the short term. I think the best case scenario for people pining for the possibility of the Colorado kid coming back and playing for the Broncos would be like, hey, we get to training camp. The, either the position's not shaping up the way we want, there's a Javante setback, or God forbid another injury to someone else. We need to bring someone in. He's still available. Hey, Phil, you know, here's veteran minimum. Come help us out. That's the best case scenario, I think, at this stage. Could be wrong, because they were talking at least last week, so we shall see. Uh, Orange Bucky. It's hard to uh, give it as, as much thought as, as I would like to because, you know, I'm talking with Zach. I'm talking with you guys. I'd have to put some real thought into that, but I think an easy one, I'll be a little more new school for you on the punk rock. I'll say he wants to know what punk rock song will describe this year's draft picks. 
I'm going to say All or Nothing, all right, by a band called Pennywise, 2012 album, self-titled, or not self-titled, title track off the record. All or Nothing, because that's what it's got to be, baby. All or Nothing for these guys. But anyway, cool question. Love it. Appreciate everybody. We got to go. On that note, we are out for tonight. We'll see you guys Thursday evening. Have a great week. Oh, we got a last-minute super from James Richard. New DFA, Jaleel McLaughlin. Uh, check him out, running back. Yeah, he could be a sleeper in the running back yeah. room as well, but you need someone a little more reliable. I'm assuming Javante is out until midseason. And going off that assumption, you have P. Ryan, you have Tony Jones, who's kind of a, I don't know, special teams guy in the Mike Boone sense, and who do you have behind him? So there's opportunity for McLaughlin or Tyler Batty or Crockett or McAllister to rise up, but I would feel a little better if they had another veteran back there, and that's why Latavius Murray, Chad, made so much sense. You know, as soon as we get confirmation from the team that these college free agents have been signed, we know who they are, at least at this point, based on reporting. Uh, but once we get the official press release from the Broncos announcing who they've signed, look for a, an article from Eric Trickle. He's going to be giving you some insight on every one of these undrafted rookies the Broncos are bringing in. And uh, Jaleel's one of those guys that is really interesting. Could be a Sproles-type guy for Sean Payton. So we'll get into it more as, as I mean, look, <laughs> we're going to have nothing but time to get into that, right? We're just really starting to inch into the NFL the true off-season desert where there's not anything going on. So we'll have plenty of time to get into that. Scott showing off his cat right now. We're, we're about to hit the outro for the third time. Uh, have a great start to your week, everyone. Thank you again for all your support, as always. Take care. And as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.